From the Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here's your host, Jim Manfredonia. And a very, very good day to you again, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, a great joy to be here with you. As the Lord allows us this time every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, live at 4 o'clock. And then we repeat the program on those same days at 10 p.m. Also coming to you live via our streaming audio from our website or our free mobile app, our uh, Amazon Alexa devices, the Google Home devices. Uh, Let's see, how else are we coming to you? Uh, Well, we're coming to you in video as well on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash domestic church media as well as our Facebook page, streaming live video there as well, facebook.com slash domesticchurchmedia, and coming to you live video on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. So many ways to watch and listen, and I'm thanking you for being here. On this January 28th, the Feast of St. Thomas Aquinas, and uh, praying you're having a blessed day already here, closing in on the end of January 2020. I don't know where, where, where the time has gone, but... um, it marches on, doesn't it? But I say, you know, when you think about that, think about time, we're just one step closer to being with the Lord. And that's really why we were created, right? To know God, love God, serve God in this life so that we can be happy with him forever in the next. And as we continue on this journey to our Father's house, I thank you for being a part of my day today and allowing me to be a part of yours. Uh, share with you a couple of things from Holy Father uh, today, as I usually do on Tuesdays, his Angelus message. He had a beautiful homily on Sunday, the um, first official Word of God Sunday. So we'll hear from Pope Francis on that, as well as uh, uh, there was one other, um, I guess it was his, oh, his teaching this morning, actually. I don't know if we'll get to it. Um, we'll see. Uh, but his theme was Christians without, dro- without Joy Are Prisoners of Formalities. We'll see what Pope Francis said about that. Before we do that, though, my brothers and sisters, we're going to pray. And, of course, we're going to pray for all of your intentions, whatever they are. Um, you know, a lot of—obviously in the news, uh, the tragic death of uh, basketball player Kobe Bryant and his daughter and others who were on the helicopter with him. Um, so we keep all of those in prayer, all of those individuals. Um, but we're hearing a lot about—and I didn't know it until I started— seeing the news accounts or reading the news accounts online that Kobe Bryant was a very faithful practicing Catholic. He had a little bit of a difficulty in his life uh, that he had to work through, and he credits coming back into the fullness of faith uh, thanks to a priest. And I did read uh, that he was uh, basically a, a daily communicant, and Sunday, the day that he and his daughter perished in that air disaster, um, he did go to 7 o'clock Mass and received Holy Communion. So we just pray for the uh, the souls of, of he and his daughter and the others who perished on that uh, in that tragic crash. But it's always so comforting to know then that just really a short time after having gone to Holy Mass with his daughter and receiving the Lord in the Eucharist, 
that the Lord called him home. So, and you can't ask for a better preparation than that, you know. And and uh, we're all headed in the same direction. We hope not as tragically, but but uh, you know, we're not meant for this world. We're meant to be with the Lord. And and what a great way to be prepared for that spiritually to have uh, just received just a short time before you're called home to have received the Lord in the Eucharist. So we pray for the happy repose of all those souls. Uh, and what I'm going to pray today, you know, we had been praying our prayer for uh, the new year, and then I switched it over last week to the prayer for life. But I, I, I'm going to pray these two prayers, and I, I don't know where I got the first one from, but I in, in the morning, um, I like to pray for my family. I like to pray for my children and my grandchildren, uh, Cheryl and our marriage, and just pray, for, just general prayers for family. And I found this prayer, it's a prayer to our guardian angels, but also praying to our children's guardian angels. And then the next prayer that I'll kind of continue with is a prayer that is prayed, I believe it's night prayer um, one before a solemnity, and it's the concluding prayer uh, of that particular night prayer. So, and I'm going to pray that prayer as well. It's a beautiful prayer because it just it's a praise for our homes protection from the enemy. So let's begin, my friends, as we begin all good things in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And this is a prayer to the our guardian angels and the angels of our children and grandchildren. So uh, as you pray with me now, bring to mind all of your children and your grandchildren. And if you're not a, a, a biological parent, uh, maybe a godparent or, or an aunt or an uncle or uh, obviously an adoptive parent, um, pray this prayer to your children's guardian angels. I humbly salute you, O faithful heavenly friends of my children. I give you heartfelt thanks for all the love and goodness you show to them. At some future day I shall, with thanks more worthy than I can now give, repay your care for them, and before the whole heavenly court acknowledge their indebtedness to your guidance and protection. Continue to watch over them, Provide for all their needs of body and soul. Pray likewise to me for my spouse and for my whole family, that we may all one day rejoice in your blessed company. Lord, we beg you to visit our home and the homes of our loved ones. Banish from it all the deadly power of the enemy. May your holy angels dwell there and here to keep us in peace And may your blessings be upon us and our loved ones always. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And let's pray now, my friends, the prayers that Holy Father asks us to pray to St. Michael the Archangel and also the beautiful ancient prayer to our Blessed Mother, praying specifically the intention to protect the Church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. St. 
Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, as always, my friends, I thank you for praying together with me and all of our family gathered from all over the place. <laughs> I mean, I know, we never know. People ask me, you know, do you know, uh, you know, how many people are listening and how many? I really don't. We don't. We don't subscribe to that. There is a service that you can subscribe to called Arbitron that would let you know how many people are listening at the time you're, you're you know, you're broadcasting. But they charge like fifty thousand dollars for that number. So, um, that's you know that's God's business. God, God just asks us to get behind the mics and to get the broadcast out there, just to put it out into the world. And uh, who listens? Well, he's going to take charge of that and bring people to uh, these broadcasts. So uh, one day we shall know, I suppose, when we eventually get to heaven, and, and uh, maybe he'll show us the numbers. <laughs> or maybe, God willing, we'll meet many, many people who will be there in the heavenly courts because the Lord worked on their hearts through these broadcasts. That's always my prayer. You know, yesterday I was with my spiritual director, and he's been my director for many, many years. He's been with me since before we even began the apostolate. And uh, we were just talking about just all the things about the... And again, it's nothing that we've done, but it's what God has done with the apostolate, through the apostolate, uh, and and all of the, the magnificent conversions and, and uh, people's paths back to the Lord, to be able to encounter the Lord, all the many blessings we have uh, here at the Apostolate, the, the, the physical building, and uh, it's just a, you know, I, I was saying to Father, I said, you know, I, as you know, friends, if you're a regular listener, I turned 65 in December, I said, you know, I still feel like the Lord has a lot of work for me. I, I, can't, I can't stop. I keep, <laughs> keep going. And so we're going with that. But there's so much more to be done. You know, I, I get so inspired. The other night, I don't know what it was. The Sunday night, um, was it Sunday? Sunday? Yeah, I guess it was Sunday. Um, oh, I know what it was because our our daughter, our daughter-in-law, our son, and, and granddaughter, not our baby, but they had gotten either some food poisoning or something, but had a, had a, had a virus uh, type of thing. And, and so Cheryl, being the, the nana, went over there and, and took care of things and stayed with them and cared for all of them. And so I was home Sunday night by myself, and I, I was sitting around, and I, you know, I just said, I wanted to watch Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful film. If you have never seen this, it was made in 1977. It was a television made-for-TV movie, and it aired two consecutive Sundays, I believe Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday of the year 1977, if, if not those exact days around that time. And it was directed by Franco Zeffirelli, who recently passed away. Um, but the film, it's, it's, it's a two-CD setup that I have. You can get it you know, on Amazon for 15 bucks. I think I was also watching it on Prime, Amazon Prime. It was on there. So and that, if, you have, if you have Prime TV, you can watch it for free. Jesus of Nazareth. And the actors are incredible. And, and the, the scenery and the photography, the cinematography in this particular film it's like every shot is a holy card. It really is. I mean, I was watching it, and I was sitting there just watching it, and I, I picked it up. Of course, it starts with the meeting of Mary and Joseph and then the Annunciation, et cetera, but I picked it up 
at the baptism of the Lord is where I wanted to go. I wanted to start there at our Lord's public beginning of our Lord's public ministry. And I was watching it, and the the man who plays Jesus, <laughs> I'm telling you, if, if they could not have found a more visually perfect uh, person to play the Lord. He, 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 again, he looks like the holy cards. You know, he's just his, his eyes are these deep blue eyes with the. Anyway, just and 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 the the actor who played who plays Peter. Uh, James Farentino, you might remember him from the seventies. I think he was in the Love Boat. He was all the, but he plays Saint Peter, and he's just got this wonderful portrayal of of, of Peter's impetuosity and the, the the way and his sensitivity and his his you know just the, his the whole and all of them, all the actors who play the apostle. It's just wonderful. So I was watching this film, and uh, just. It, it, you know, taking everything in, and when you when they showed the close-ups of, of the the actor who played Jesus, looking at the camera, it's like, man, imagine that what that great day, when we'll actually see the Lord face to face as He truly is, and 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 just how much our entire being is going to realize and recognize this is what we were made for, and you know that's what all of this is. My brothers and sisters, this is why, and as I was talking with, with my spiritual yesterday, Father Tim, and we were talking about, you know, the mission and the vision and, and what we're called to do and why we do it. You know, we don't, we don't do this because we're getting any kind of self-satisfaction out of it. We love doing it. I love, you know, I, got, I, got, I was telling you the other day, last week, this is my 25th year of doing Catholic radio in the, in, in the area in New Jersey, Pennsylvania. I started back in 1995. November of 95 was my first my first real opportunity, although I should say, if we go back way back to 1971 when I was 14 years old or 15 years old and, and narrating the Midnight Mass from St. Peter's Church on WCTC, if that counts. That was like the minor leagues, I suppose. But I've been doing this for 25 years. And again, not for myself. Just We just know we have a mission. We know that, that the Lord has blessed the work and he has brought us you, so many of you, in so many ways who have come forward. And and as I was sitting at Mass on Sunday, I went up to St. Magdalene's, where Cheryl works, and she's the you know the principal organist there and the, the director of liturgy and music. And I, our son and daughter-in-law and our grandchildren live up in that area. And as I said, they had this flu-like or virus type of stomach issue. And so they couldn't even leave the house, and and they asked that you know we could drop off some things for them, some some supplies, some crackers and and PD light for the kids, and all that. So I, I I took that on as my task, and I went up there and I did all the shopping I had to do, and I left it there at their home, and then I went down to the the twelve o'clock mass at Saint at Saint Magdalene's, and um, I don't know if you know, but uh, Father Trujillo from EWTN says mass there a lot because he's friends with the pastor, Father um, what's his name. Brigenti, um, and uh, so Father Tregilio was saying the the noon mass on this past Sunday, and you know the second reading was Saint Paul talking about the divisions in the church at that time. I belong to Paul. I belong to Cephas. You know, and Father Tregilio was making the point, and I, I I wish we hear it more often, especially from people like Father Tregilio, people from the network. That, you know, he started off his homily by saying, I belong to Francis. 
I belong to Benedict. I belong to St. Magdalene's. I belong to the Diocese of Metuchen. I belong to, uh, you know, the Latin Mass. I belong to the Novus Order Mass. And we all have all these different, and if we allow them to be, divisions. And Father's point was we're on the same team. We're all hoping for the same thing and living for the same thing, to be with Jesus forever. We may have our, our differences of opinion, perhaps, or differences of preference. There may be some who would, and I know there are, who prefer the Latin Mass, and that's great. The church says you can. Go ahead. God bless you. Go for it. There are those who would prefer the Novus Ordo Mass. God bless you. Yes, go ahead. Church says you can celebrate that that way. You might have, uh, you know, well, gee, I, I wish Pope Benedict was still Pope. I really liked him. God bless you. You know, and uh, we have a Pope, Pope Francis, and, and there are some people who, who have issues with him, and there are some people who had issues with John Paul. You know, when John Paul II was our Holy Father, you, you don't remember, it's, it's, it's such a long time ago now, but there were people who the conservative said he was too liberal, the liberal said he was too conservative, so you knew he was doing the right thing because he was... Uh, but the point is we're all part of the universal church with one goal that we live for, to know, love, and serve God so that we can be happy with him forever in the next life. That's why God made us. Jesus established a church. And as I said, I was watching this uh, Jesus of Nazareth film, and, and, and think about it, 2,000 years ago when Jesus said to Peter, you are rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall never prevail against it. It's the same church, my brothers and sisters, that we belong to today. And down from Peter to Francis, there's been an unbroken line of apostolic succession and Mother Church is still here, guiding us and leading us and, and, and nurturing us and feeding us with word and sacrament. And we're here to help. We're here to serve. We're here to help our, our bishops and our priests and our pastors and our diocese and our parishes and the people of God, giving you an opportunity to, 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 to be a part of this work and be reinforced in your faith to help build up the church here on earth. You know, as, as we talk about so often, we're called, and I was talking about this yesterday to, to my director, I said, we're called, to, and he agreed, obviously, we're called to build up the kingdom of God here on earth, not tear it down. We're called to build up the church, to build up each other, not to get at each other's throats and, and, and basically allow our church to implode. We're here to walk together to the Father's house. You see, that's why we do what we do. Because we want there. The world is a very, very dangerous place. That's why I wanted to pray those prayers today, to ask the guardian angels, our own and, and the, the guardian angels of our children and our grandchildren, to protect them, to guide them, to lead them, and then also to protect, beg the Lord to keep our homes safe from the wiles of the enemy, who's after families, he's after marriages, he's after children and young people, to try to pull them away. 
And, you know, we as Catholics, we, 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 we have everything we need, the fullness of all truth, to get home. That's, that's what this is all about. It's, you know, we have this, this time in exile because of the sin of our first parents, but the Lord blesses us. You know, I always say, you know, this is exile. You know, we are in exile. We, one, we, were, we weren't created for this world. And you look around and all that we're blessed with, and this is exile. Imagine what heaven is like. And so we, we, we live each day with the hope that we can please the Lord. We can encounter the Lord in a special way. We can be the Lord to people who need to have, uh, be, uh, have him present to them encounter him. And so everything we do here is for that purpose, to help you, to reinforce it, to edify you, to build up. And that's the beauty of, of, of the kind of work that the Lord asks us to do. And again, it's uh, through, through no merit of our own, but we're here to, to serve. And so as we move forward, and I guess we all think back, you know, you watch the news reports, it's still big news, uh, uh, the, the, the death of, of Kobe Bryant. I was never, I'm not a basketball uh, person. I, I knew of him. I knew he was a successful athlete and having been, you know, he's from the Philadelphia area. But I didn't know he was Catholic. And when I read that little story um, that people would see him at, at daily mass, receiving communion, and then the morning of the tragedy, before getting on that helicopter, he and his 13-year-old daughter went to Mass on Sunday, received the Lord in the Eucharist, and then just a few hours later, we're seeing him face to face. And it just reminds us how important our faith is and how important it is for us to practice that faith and to know that if we have opportunity to... to to get to Mass as often as possible, to receive as often as possible. Because we will, at one point, make our last Holy Communion. You know, we, we celebrate our first, right? Uh, with the, with the, in the church, with the great celebration of First Holy Communion, we celebrate that, but there will be a last in this world until we have that eternal communion. We don't know when that day or the hour is, but we know that there will be a last Holy Communion communion in this world just prior to us making our eternal communion with God. And so our time here in this life is to prepare for that. And the Lord has given us everything we need to be ready for that moment. Everything we need. And as I was, again, I, was, I go back to the, this beautiful film, and if you, if you haven't seen it or you don't have it, I think if you're, because if, I was watching it on Prime actually, if you're an Amazon Prime um, customer and you have Prime TV, it's on there for free. Or you can probably get it on the DVD. Or the DVD. It's a two-DVD set, you know, 15 or 20 bucks, and it's well worth it. It's, a, it's you know, probably about a total of, of seven or eight hours worth of film from the time it shows. And a lot of, you know, obviously there's some some stretching of, dialogue you know that's non-scriptural and and but it's it's a most of it is scripturally based obviously it's well worth the watch you know a lot of publicity every year the uh, passion of the christ by mel gibson that i what i try to do around that time of year if i watch jesus of nazareth 
when it comes time to the Last Supper, then I switch over to, to uh, Gibson's Passion of the Christ. It's a bit more realistic. The, 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 the passion and the death in Jesus of Nazareth, of course, it was a TV movie, so it's not quite as graphic. But the portrayal of our Lord and the apostles and the character, it's just a beautiful, beautiful, and, and every, as I said, every shot is like a holy card. But as I was watching that, and I'm thinking, okay, that's that's how it all began. And, and he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And he came into this world to do just that. And we have this opportunity, my friends, every day to know him, love him, and serve him as we work, journey toward the Father's house. And as I said, there will come a time, and we don't know which one it will be, when we will make our last holy communion until that moment when we make our first and only eternal communion with God. See, Jesus left us the great gift of himself. I don't know if you've heard the little spot we run here by Archbishop Sheen where he talks about the Eucharist being the center and all the other sacraments are like arrows pointing toward it. The Eucharist is the source and center of our Christian life. Jesus left himself, left to us, rather, the gift of himself, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the sacrament, the blessed sacrament. And so we, on every opportunity we have to go to Mass, if we can get to daily Mass, get to daily Mass. If you can only get to Sunday Mass, fine, but during the week, you know, make those spiritual communions and because you never know that 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 com- that communion you make could be the last one in this world before you make that eternal communion with Jesus in heaven. So anyway, I, I kind of went off here. I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't plan to do that, but there's been so much going on. As I said, the world has become such a dangerous place spiritually, especially for our young people. All the things that are going on out in the world today, all the, the, the uh, allurements of the world, the, the, the temptation to addictions and, and immorality, and even the, the temptation to, to be swayed into ideologies that are uh, 180 degrees from what our, our children and grandchildren have been raised in. What was once truth is now a lie, what was once a lie is now truth according to the world. And our young people, sadly, will buy into that at times, if not completely. You know, as I said, we get all those prayer requests uh, th- throughout the Advent and Christmas season, but throughout the year, but especially through Advent and Christmas, you know, we always get that that surge of, of prayer requests because of our mailing. And I'm going to say one out of every three or four prayer intentions is always, please pray for my adult children who have left the church. And you hear in the, some people even go a little far, farther in their uh, description with this, you know, we, we, we did the, our best to raise our children in the church. We sent them to Catholic schools, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And now neither they nor their children, our grandchildren, are practicing. Please pray for them. And we always should be praying for all of our children and grandchildren to remain in the faith because this is the fullness of all truth that Christ gives us through the church to lead us home that we will be able to spend forever with each other in eternal communion with Jesus. That is, that is beyond human uh, um, understanding. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. 
nor has it entered into the mind, even great minds like Thomas Aquinas, what God has in store for those who love him. So as we do what we do here, and I, I thank you for being with me. I, I, I don't know the numbers. I don't know how many people are listening. I don't know how many people are watching. I've been doing this a long time. And as I said, I was talking with my spiritual director yesterday about, okay, where do we go from here, Father? You know, I've been doing this a long time. And uh, I said, I don't feel like the Lord is wants me to leave yet. Maybe some of you do. <laughs> I feel like I still have a lot more work to do. And there's maybe a whole new episode on the horizon that we may be bringing to you sometime in March. Uh, we'll find out. But you just don't know. And uh, but my our entire goal in all of this is to share with you the joy of our faith, the joy of the gospel. You know, as I said, I, you know, we as Catholics who have the fullness of all truth, we have every reason to every day wake up filled with joy. We may not have the best life in the world. We may not have, you know, a, a lot of money. We may not have our good health. We may not have uh, the, the things that we other people have or the, the things of the world. But if we have faith and we have our, our Catholic faith, we know that that's going to be carrying us through this life and allowing us to one day enter in to that eternal communion with Jesus. We have to be joyful about that. No matter what the world throws at us, we need to be joyful. Remember that Pope Francis said that one of the first things he said when he put his Holy Father after one of the, I guess, two or three weeks and he was uh, had celebrated Mass at St. Peter's and he was telling people there, you know, it's when you leave Mass, there's so many people who are leaving Mass looking like pickled peppers, <laughs> scowls on their faces. We should be walking out there on, on clouds because of what we just went through at Holy Mass and what we're called to do in taking that out into the world. Well, let me take a break. When I come back, I didn't intend to do that, so we'll have to kind of readjust here. Uh, but stay with me, friends. I'll be back in just a bit with more Come to Me. Francis reminds us that it does not take a specialized degree in theology to become a great evangelist. We're all called to evangelize. Think about the woman at the well. After she encountered Jesus, she immediately went into the city and invited others to meet him as she had. You and I can go out now and do the same. And St. Paul Street Evangelization can help. Get involved today by contacting us at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, 
and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope on these domestic church media stations. Sixty seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. This universe of ours is a free universe. It is a universe of character making, of soul making. Almighty God is placed into our hands. Think of it the power to make ourselves saints or devils. It is up to us. There are some laws that we cannot disobey, for example, the law of gravitation and certain biological laws like circulation of blood. But in a moral universe, we are free either to obey the laws of God or to disobey them, just as we are perfectly free, for example, to obey the laws of health or to disobey them. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is, 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go Go to GoodShop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit GoodShop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your Internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's GoodShop.com, and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. GoodShop.com. From Ewing to Union Beach, Heightstown to Humeville, Pine Beach to Penn Valley, Burlington to Bradley Beach, Seagirt to Spotswood, Domestic Church Catholic Radio, proclaiming Jesus Christ in the new springtime of the church. Welcome back. We're going to go in just a moment to the Holy Father's Angelus message and some of his homily from Sunday. Uh, this past Sunday was um, the first ever Word of God Sunday that the Holy Father initiated uh, through a motu proprio. Um, and so from now on, the third Sunday in ordinary time every year will be celebrated as the Word of God Sunday. And uh, at the Mass that I was at, on Sunday, I guess the people were prepared. They had been told um, prior to this Sunday to bring your Bible, your your family Bible, to church, and there would be a special blessing for them. And Father Gilio blessed the Bibles at one point during Mass. I didn't know, so I didn't have my Bible. But what I did was, I opened up the Bible in my domestic church media app, <laughs> and, 
and held that up. Why not? Right? Did you know that I was I was showing it to Father Tim yesterday because he hadn't seen it, the new app. I said, you should have it on your phone by now. Um, beautiful. Uh, he was very impressed. And because, you know, it, first of all, it's free. Second of all, it's not just domestic church media information. It has everything else on it that you need or most of what you need. It has the daily mass readings. It has the Bible. It has the catechism all complete. Uh, it has the liturgy of the hours, uh, morning, evening, and night prayer. Has an examination of conscience. It has mass times, confession times in your area. It has Saint of the Day, the Catholic calendar. It has L'Osservatorio Romano, the official newspaper of the Vatican. It has uh, National Catholic Register, the Monitor, the, the Catholic Star Herald from Camden. I mean, it's all on there. And plus, you can listen to and watch the archive programs here at Domestic Church Media. Uh, I spend all weekend, not all weekend, I shouldn't exaggerate like that. I spend a good part of Sunday here um, updating all of our archives, both audio and video. So it should be all up to date now. And if you have the mobile app, you can either listen or watch uh, the archives of the local domestic church media programs right on your app uh, from your phone or your tablet. So if you've not yet downloaded it, please go to your app store, search for domestic church media and download the free app and then you'll have all that information i used to use multiple apps for all those things you know liturgy hours for one was a different app i had an app for uh, the mass times i had an app for the catechism i had an app for the bible now it's all on our app so you only have to open up one app our app the domestic church media app and get all of that and it's free it doesn't cost you anything it's free all right let's do this let's go first of all to holy father's Angelus message from Sunday, and uh, he was telling the people and us to be heralds and witnesses of God's love. And he was reflecting on the gospel from Sunday and said that all people of goodwill are called to be open to the mercy of the Father and allow themselves to be transformed by the grace of the Holy Spirit. He addressed the pilgrims gathered in St. Peter's uh, on Sunday, and encourage them to allow themselves to be transformed by the grace of the Spirit and to become heralds and messengers of the saving Word of God. And you see, one of the things here, my friends, is that God will never force us to be a certain way. He created every person for good, and innate in every person is that desire for God and goodness and holiness, but because we're born with the stain of original sin, even though washed away by the waters of baptism, we still have the remnants of that. We still have what the church calls concupiscence, a leaning towards sin. And so we have a tainted flesh. We have a tendency to sin. If you, you know, you know, we all know the image of the leaning tower of Pisa, leaning in one direction. Imagine that being this, our condition, our human condition, leaning towards sin. And the reason for that is because of the stain of original sin. Sin is washed away, but we still lean in that direction. But God will pour out upon each and every soul sufficient amount of grace to live the way he would have us live. But it's up to us to make that choice, that decision. And so Holy Father prayed, first of all, that 
we, as children of God, should allow ourselves to be transformed. In other words, become docile to that grace, become docile to the, to the prompting of the Spirit, to allow ourselves to be transformed by the grace of the Spirit and to become heralds and messengers of the saving Word of God. I never wanted to do this. <laughs> it was never my intention. You know, when I first began to find an interest in radio, when I was in high school, it was never because one day I want to be a Catholic radio broadcaster. That was the farthest thing from my mind. But God allowed, you know, me to do what I was doing, and he allowed the desire that I had for radio to be transformed into where he needed me to be with this desire and these skills. And I say that humbly. I have my voice changed the summer between fourth and fifth grade. And it 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 it's been pretty much this, you know, this deep, I suppose, since then. A little odd for a, a twelve year old to be having this kind of voice. <laughs> Got a little deeper, I think, since I've gotten older. But people would always say, "Oh, you have a good, a good voice for radio." They would tell me that, and I would say, oh, yeah, "Okay, fine." But I, you know, I wanted to be a broad, a sports broadcaster, you know, doing play-by-play for the Yankees, all that kind of stuff. But the Lord gently allowed me to to respond to the grace that He was pouring out upon me, and as I grew in my faith and saw that there was an interest in in religion and and I taught religion for six six years in high school on the high school level and anyway they, that's a response to grace that's me but he as holy father said every person should allow themselves to be transformed by the grace of the spirit and to become heralds and messengers of the saving word of god in whatever way and and in, in, in whatever vocation god allows you to be the Holy Father reflected on the gospel, which tells of how Jesus met the disciples on the shores of the Sea of Galilee and called them to conversion, noting that Galilee was a place on the peripheries which was looked upon with suspicion as it was where the people mingled with the Gentiles. The Holy Father said nothing good and new was expected from that region. Instead, it was precisely there that Jesus began his preaching. It was there, the Holy Father said, that Jesus proclaimed Convert, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The proclamation, he said, is like a powerful beam of light that pierces the darkness and cuts through the fog. Often, the Holy Father said, it it seems impossible to change one's life, to abandon the path of selfishness, evil, and sin. But that's because our commitment to convert is centered only upon ourselves and on our own strength and not on Christ and his spirit. And that's a key. Um, I I was sharing with you maybe last week, the week before, you know, if I go back to my life in my 20s, I think out of all the the decades of my life, and now there are many, (laughs) out of all the decades of my life, my 20s were the most rebellious. Maybe that's the way it is for most people, I don't know. But for me it was. Trying all kinds of things different types of activities and and lifestyles, behaviors, looking for something, perhaps, or trying to fit in, or or 
justifying uh, a particular way of life or you know i was i was singing in clubs and bars and things and you know the whole it's a whole different way of life and there probably are people today who knew knew me then if they heard me today would say that's not that's not the jim manfredonia i know well thanks be to god for that right we're on a we're on a, we're on a road of conversion you know we need to be putting on that new man that new woman all throughout life and 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 working on it as holy father saint pope john paul ii would often say conversion is a lifelong journey and still not perfect we all still sin but holy father said that it's you know it, it's 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 uh, seems impossible for anyone to change one's life. You know, we can use the example, and God rest his soul again. We pray for his soul and the soul of his daughter and all those who perished with him on Sunday. But Kobe Bryant, there was a, a time in his life where he was accused of rape, and um, his wife filed for divorce. He he denied that it was a... a, a a criminal act, but more of a it was a consensual act, and anyway, it was settled out of court. However, the hair was done, and but he said what changed his life, what 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 put him back in the right direction, was the counsel of a good priest, because he was raised Catholic, and he he knew he knew where to go. He lived in Italy for a while, I guess, and he you know, grew up in the Philadelphia area. At, at, Right out of high school, went played professional basketball, and you know what that can do when you, all of a sudden, have money and 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 freedom, and and you could do whatever you want and get whatever you want and buy whatever you want. The world is very alluring, isn't it? And and he entered a time of his life, and he openly admitted it. You know, and it was public knowledge because it was it was news that he was accused of this crime and. And uh, he denied that, you know, that it was a, a rape, but it was a consensual uh, um, encounter. And his wife filed for divorce, and but he went to a priest. He sought counsel with a good holy priest who led him, and he was very open about that. There was an article, I think it was GQ magazine or one of those magazines, men's magazines, not men's magazines, but a magazine for men type of thing, a sports bag, whatever it was. And he told the story. He said, it was, a, it was my faith and, and talking to a good priest that, that put me back on the right track. And his, he, he, he reconciled with his wife. He had four beautiful daughters, became a daily communicant. Now, probably when he was playing ball, he couldn't have done that. Maybe he did. But, you know, he's been retired for, had been retired for four years and was going to daily mass. And people saw him at daily mass. And then, again, the beautiful story that it was just a few hours before he perished, that he and his daughter went to, to Mass on Sunday and received the Lord in, in the Eucharist. And then, his, tragically, his helicopter went down and they perished. But Holy Father had nothing to do. He didn't know this. Is, he wasn't relating it to, to the Kobe Bryant story, but just in general, that it sometimes seems impossible for us to change our life, to abandon this path of selfishness, evil, and sin. Like we reach the point of no return. The devil would love us to believe that. The devil would love us to believe that, you know, you've committed that sin too many times. God is going to, he's tired of forgiving you. So just don't even try anymore. Just go ahead and keep living that way. You're down in, in, in the bottom of the dregs of life. 
you'll never get yourself out of that. So just go ahead and keep groveling down there. God, he's, he's given up on you. The devil would love us to believe that. And he will try to convince us of that every time. He's the, as they say, the great tempter and the great accuser. You know, when he tempts us into sin, he'll be told, oh, God will forgive you. Don't worry about that. He loves you. You know, what's one time? He's not hurting anybody. Whatever the sin is. The second you commit the sin, the devil will try to convince us that there's no mercy. God will never forgive you that. You're, you're a horrible person. You're, so, and so we get into this, this, again, because of our fallen nature, Pope Francis reminds us that, you know, we think it could be impossible to get ourselves out of this. But Holy Father said that's because our commitment to convert is centered only upon ourselves and through our own strength and not on Christ and his spirit. Pope Francis urged us to open our hearts and minds in order to receive the good news of Jesus Christ, the news that changes the world and transforms hearts. We are called, Pope Francis said, to trust in the Father, to open ourselves to his mercy and to allow ourselves to be transformed by the grace of the Holy Spirit. All we have to do is respond to that grace that is continually being poured out. The Lord created us for life, not for death. And by that we mean eternal life, not eternal damnation. And he loves us more than we'll ever understand. It's hard for us in our, in our very uh, limited mortal way of thinking that Almighty God in creating every person that ever existed loves and loved every soul that he ever created, including those souls that we know to be in this world have been horrible, horrible people, living horrible lives and doing horrible things, committing the worst, most vile sins. How could God love that soul? But even those souls were created to be with God forever if they wanted and that's, again, another key, if we want it. Do we choose to live with God for all eternity, or do we reject his mercy? Become unrepentant, hardened hearts, upon which God will never force himself. So we live this life, we're going to fall, we know that, we sin. But we know that the Lord has left us the great sacrament of reconciliation, and we know the Lord wants nothing more than for us to return to him with a humble and contrite heart, to be open to his mercy so that we can live with him forever in eternity. The Holy Father said, this is what happened to the first disciples. He explained those who encounter, uh, whose encounter with Jesus gave them the impetus to follow him change their lives by concretely putting themselves at the service of the kingdom of God. And like Jesus, the Holy Father said, they felt comfortable on the frontier, mingling with the Gentiles in order to be, in order to be light and to proclaim true freedom to all, the freedom brought by Christ. And, you know, we think about the early church, and I can go back to my, my viewing of Jesus of Nazareth on Sunday. <laughs> 
to see how, and just through the gospel accounts, whether you watch the movie or not, just read the gospel, about how the Lord called these men to be fishers of men, pulled them out of where they were, invited them to follow him, didn't force them, but invited them to follow him. And when they did, for three years, traveling with him during his public ministry, becoming his followers, and then witnessing the horror of his passion and death, becoming so fearful that they hid themselves or feared their own lives until after the resurrection they saw him. And then they were fearless because they knew that there was something way beyond this life and that by faith and trust in the Lord, the promise of eternal life, eternal salvation is there for all of us if we want it. And you and I, even by, again, virtue of our own baptism, we're called to be heralds. We're called to be heralds of this great news and the joy of the gospel. And to be witnesses. And that means we have to live what we say we believe. We have to live what we preach. We're not always perfect. And we'll fall. You know, we, we oh my goodness, we can go back over the course of our lives. You know, they say when you die, right, that your whole life passes before you. There's that uh, video from Catholics Come Home where they, they, they kind of uh, dramatize that a little bit. You ever see that? It's if you go to catholicscomehome.org, there's a, a film, and I forget what it's called, but it's on there. And they show this individual walking into this big, what looks like a warehouse, and the doors close, and then there's a big movie screen, and then there's their life being played, and they are forced to sit and watch this. Good times and bad times. Imagine what that would be like. That might that might be our purgatory. I don't always think about purgatory. You know, my purgatory might be a, a room full of cats. <laughs> I was my purgatory may be. The Lord puts me in this like ten foot by ten foot room with all the people who I didn't like when I was living in this world. Okay, now you better start liking them and loving each other, and then I'll let you out. You can come home. Otherwise, you're staying here until you make up your mind to get along. You're all my children. I don't know. That burning purging of God's love is purgatory. But, you know, we are going to have to face the judgment seat to be reminded of the the good and the not so good. But we have this time, my friends, you know, to repent, to, 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 to begin to live the life we're called to live, no matter what stage of life we're in, what age we're at. And the Holy Father reminded us that like Jesus, those first apostles, after having been called by him, felt comfortable mingling and going out and spreading the good news. You know, I always say, you know, we're coming up only about a, probably a month away from Lent. I think Lent begins on, on the 25th of February, so we're not that far away already. And then, of course, we get into the Easter season, and, and during the Easter season, we have that beautiful uh, time uh, during Easter when all of our mass readings before the gospel take us through the Acts of the Apostles, the first century church. And I just think that there's a, there's a message there for, for our church today in the 21st century to take all that, that we read about every Easter season and apply it and somehow 
make it work in the 21st century to let our church begin to grow again and to, to have the same zeal, the same desire, the same willingness to sacrifice as the first Christians did. See how they love each other. So the Holy Father concluded then by saying that all Christians should imitate those first heralds and messengers of the Word of God, following in the footsteps of the Savior to offer hope to those who thirst for it. How many people do, you, do we all come across in the course of our, our day who are away from the church, never been a part of the church, want nothing to do with the church, and feel without hope? And we have the greatest gift of all, the pearl of great price in our faith. Why would we not want to say, wait a minute, don't despair, don't give up, don't lose hope. Let me tell you what I found here, what I have. I, and so many of us, you know, we're given this gift as cradle Catholics at our infant baptism by our parents. And we live it. And we really discover it throughout the course of our lives and, and, and encounter Jesus in special ways throughout the course of our lives to then go to those people who are without hope, who, who seem to have lost a desire for anything in this life, to say, wait a minute, let me show you what I have. I want to share this with you. I want to be a witness to Christ to you. All right, I'm going to go. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day, my friends. I will be back with you again tomorrow, God willing. Uh, do have a, a blessed, happy, and holy rest of your day. And thanks for being a part of my day. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you. In me.